This is West Virginia Morning. I'm Teresa Wills. A bill defining what air monitoring systems can and can't be used in regulatory issues and in court has garnered some spirited and extended debate in the House of Delegates. It's about people in West Virginia who suffer the third highest rate of asthma of any state in the country. That story and more coming up this West Virginia Morning. Support for West Virginia Morning is proudly provided by Luke Frazier. Public comments will be accepted on the federal fiscal year 2024 state plan for the Temporary Assistance for Needy Families, or TANF program. Emily Rice has more. The West Virginia Department of Human Services Bureau for Family Assistance announced it would accept public comments on its plan for the future of TANF, a federal block grant program that allows states to help low-income families achieve stability and self-sufficiency. There are some new additions to the state plan, including fatherhood programming, enhanced adolescent pregnancy prevention efforts, and strengthening of family support centers across the state. Comments will be accepted from February 5th to March 18th. The plan is available to view at local Department of Health Services offices, the Secretary of State's office, and online. For Appalachia Health News, I'm Emily Rice in Charleston. Appalachia Health News is a project of West Virginia Public Broadcasting with support from Charleston Area Medical Center and Marshall Health. A Virginia bank has moved to auction off the Greenbrier Sporting Club owned by the Justice family. But Governor Jim Justice says it won't happen. Chris Schultz has more. In November, Governor Jim Justice and several of his companies, including the Greenbrier Resort, sued the Virginia-based Carter Bank and Trust. The bank, one of the Justice family's biggest lenders, is now moving to auction off the Greenbrier Sporting Club to satisfy millions in debt. In a regular briefing Wednesday afternoon, Justice said he did not believe a sale would be happening. We want to protect the Sporting Club and all those members in every single way. I want to tell you the track record through and through of exactly what's happened. And I'll be able to do it someday, but I can't do it right now. Justice insisted his focus will continue to be on the duties of his office. The governor is not directly involved in the day-to-day operation of his family's business dealings, which are overseen by his children. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Chris Schultz in Morgantown. Baby dog. Governor Jim Justice's pet bulldog will undergo two surgeries to address leg injuries. WVNS's Jessica Farnish first reported that the governor commented on the impending surgeries Monday during an event at Midland Trails High School. He previously mentioned Baby Dog's injury to explain her absence from the announcement of the LG Electronics investment in the state at the start of the year. At the time, Justice said Baby Dog was injured due to her weight after jumping down from a chair. During his regular briefing Wednesday afternoon, Justice acknowledged the procedures and asked for prayers. Baby Dog gained national attention as the mascot for the state's vaccination efforts during the COVID-19 pandemic. 
The nation's abortion battle is now in the hands of the states. Since a 2022 U.S. Supreme Court decision overturned federal abortion rights, 21 states have either banned or restricted abortion access, including West Virginia. Meanwhile, West Virginia's neighbor Maryland is one of 22 states that have taken steps to protect abortion rights and expand access. On the latest Us and Them podcast, host Trey Kay follows the, the decision of the Women's Health Center of West Virginia to move its abortion services just over the border to a new clinic in Maryland. However, some residents in Western Maryland say that goes against their more conservative and social political nature. Here's an excerpt from the latest Us and Them, The Geography of Abortion. Anti-abortion advocate Michael Mudge found out about the clinic from a pastor's wife who lives across the Potomac River in Kaiser, West Virginia. She found out from the Right to Life chapter of West Virginia that Katie Quinones was opening a clinic across the state line in a pro-abortion state as close to West Virginia as possible, okay? And she asked me if I was aware of that. That was the first I'd heard of it. Mudge is the pastor and founder of Bethany House of the Lord, an evangelical Christian church. Oh, my view on abortion is that uh, abortion is wrong because it takes a life. And in all of the debates that I've ever gotten into with pro-choice people, I can't ever get them to address the fact that there's a baby. Mudge says after he heard about the new clinic, he attended the very next meeting of the Allegheny County Commissioners and made them aware of it. He says there weren't a lot of people at the meeting, but the news of the clinic spread. So two weeks later was the next county commissioner's meeting, and that was a standing room only crowd. And there were 11 people who gave speeches, and everyone was against this abortion clinic moving here. There was no one who spoke in favor of it. Mudge says several people at that meeting came together to form abortion-free Allegheny. He says their goals are to let people know about the clinic, organize demonstrations against it, and raise awareness about pregnancy support centers and other abortion alternatives. Mudge and other anti-abortion advocates do not like having a new abortion clinic in their backyard, but he knows the clinic has a right to be there. So what we're dealing with here in Allegheny County, Maryland, is a direct result of the Dobbs decision, and we we all know that. The West Virginia legislature took the opportunity after the Dobbs decision to pass legislation effectively banning abortion, and and the Maryland state legislature, as in many other states, has responded to the Dobbs decision by radicalizing even more their pro-abortion legislation. So we're caught up in the middle of that. It's just that here we're, we're in a part of Maryland that doesn't fit well in Maryland. Pastor Michael Mudge is referring to the political segregation that has deepened in Maryland as it has across the country. There's the rural conservative Republican Maryland of the western panhandle, the eastern Chesapeake Bay, and the counties north of Baltimore. And there's the urban, liberal, democratic Maryland of Baltimore City, Annapolis, and the D.C. suburbs that dominate state politics. 
to hear more, including those who support the new clinic that offers abortion care. Listen to the entire Us and Them podcast, The Geography of Abortion. Download it wherever you get your podcasts or listen online at wvpublic.org. Us and Them is supported by the West Virginia Humanities Council and the CRC Foundation. This is West Virginia Morning. I'm Teresa Wills. It's 751. Partly cloudy skies today, highs in the 50s and low 60s. Cloudy tonight with a slight chance of rain, lows in the 30s and 40s. Partly sunny tomorrow with a slight chance of rain, highs in the 50s and low 60s. Support for WVPB is provided by Bowles Rice, a full-service law firm celebrating 100 years of contributing to the success of our clients and the vitality of our communities through advocacy, counsel, leadership, and service. A bill defining what air monitoring systems can and can't be used in regulatory issues and in court has garnered some spirited and extended debate in the House of Delegates. Randy Yowie has the story. In a public hearing last week, 16 of the 18 people speaking opposed House Bill 5018. The title reads, To Provide for Oversight and Authority Governing Community Air Monitoring Programs. The bill would set federal standards for community air pollution monitoring data that helps define local air quality. House debate over several days this week centered on the bill stating that some air quality testing results, even if collected appropriately, could not be used for administrative penalties like fines or to bring lawsuits. Delegate Evan Hansen, a Democrat from Monongalia County and an environmental consultant, was among several House Democrats who said this bill is fundamentally about people and fairness. It's about people in West Virginia who suffer the third highest rate of asthma of any state in the country. And it's about fairness regarding whether data that's been collected can be used by the DEP and in a separate portion of the bill in courts. Why is this bill coming up now? It's coming up now because there's more and more data being collected in communities. There's more data where people live, where people work, where people spend their time. The data that has been available previously has been collected by the companies that have the smokestacks. And the data has been collected at the stacks, perhaps at the fence line, but not where people live and breathe. Now, finally, we will have some data to demonstrate whether the air is clean or dirty where people live. That's why there's a push to prevent that data from even being considered. One portion forbids the data from being used by our Department of Environmental Protection for regulatory purposes. 
they testified in committee that they already have a process for vetting data and confirming data, any data that's submitted by a citizen. They'll take it seriously, but they'll give it the weight that it deserves. The bill sponsor, Delegate Bob Fehrenbacher, a Republican from Wood County, said the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency only recognizes certain sanctioned air monitors, so regulators and the courts should do the same. First of all, the bill does not preclude or prevent the use of community air monitoring. Basically, it, it, it imposes some guidelines which are very consistent with EPA guidance on the types of sampling and analytical systems that are generally used. And so if the accuracy is not there or the instruments or the sampling systems are not consistent with EPA methods, then they should not be used for regulatory or, frankly, um, litigation purposes. However, Delegate Brandon Steele, a Republican from Raleigh County and a lawyer, opposed the bill. He says gives undue legal powers to the legislature that are constitutionally reserved for courtroom litigants. And we have got to trust our courts to be able to sift through the evidence, weigh the evidence, and make decisions at the courtroom level as to what's admissible and what's inadmissible. Not in here. That's not our role. Delegate J.B. Akers, a Republican from Kanawha County and also a lawyer, disagreed with Steele on legislative powers dealing with courtroom procedures. This body many years ago uh, has already governed what evidence courts may consider, such as by saying that confidential communications between a husband and wife uh, are not admissible in court, cannot be compelled by a court unless these spouses uh, waive that privilege. So this legislature, through a statutory process in the past, has already told the courts what they may may not consider as evidence. House Minority Leader Sean Hornbuckle, Democrat from Cabell County, said he wasn't a scientist or a lawyer and explained why he opposes the air monitoring bill in layman's terms. What we are about to do today, if you vote green for this bill, is to take power from people, take rights away from people. Your neighbors, my neighbors, everyone in the state, and put all the power into the corporations and the companies. That's what we're going to do here today. None of us came here to tread on our neighbors. This is a pro-pollution bill. What all of us in here should ought to be thinking about is how do we protect clean air? How do we protect, again, our neighbors? I would urge you all Stop about what you're about to do. Protect the people. Keep the rights and the power in their hands. After all the debate, House Bill 5018 passed the House on third reading, 76 to 19, and was sent to the Senate. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Randy Yoey in Charleston. West Virginia Morning is a production of West Virginia Public Broadcasting, which is solely responsible for its content. You can keep up with the latest West Virginia news throughout the day on our website, wvpublic.org. Support for our news bureaus comes from Shepherd University. West Virginia Morning is produced with help from Bill Lynch, Brianna Heaney, Chris Schultz, Curtis Tate, Emily Rice, Eric Douglas, Jack Walker, Liz McCormick, and Randy Yowie.
Eric Douglas is our news director, and he produced today's show. I'm your host, Teresa Wills. This is West Virginia Morning. Thank you.